You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Oge Ogwe, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does God deserve to be trusted in your life? Shout glory! Come on, you can do a lot better than that. Shout glory! Say hi to three people around you, tell them happy new month, and then please take your seats. Let's get into the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Our time is fast spent. Um, this month, we're beginning a new teaching series. Thank you, thank you. I refuse, I refuse to acknowledge those of you that just shouted. It's a little too late. Praise the Lord. God is good. But you forgot. And it's a teaching series on divine leading. And normally, I would usually start this kind of teaching series by explaining to you that God is interested in leading you. I'll do that next week. Today, I want to talk about the purpose of divine leading. I just felt the leading of the Spirit to start this way. The purpose of divine leading. It was Dr. Miles Monroe of Blessed Memory that said, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. That's very true. You see, when you don't know why God leads you, you will abuse the leadership of God. And many do. So today's teaching is a very short charge. On the purpose of divine leading. Take your Bibles with me and open to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. I think if there's any portion of scripture that I have taught from the most this year, it will be Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Are you there? Are you there? All right, everybody read Psalm 23. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 6 together. One, two, go. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Forever. And so Psalm 23 is going to form um, the teaching foundation for the month. 
So we're going to take several parts of Psalm 23 and break it down. It's actually a very good scripture, a very good verse of scripture, or a very good portion of scripture. But today, let's look at verse 3. It says, He restores my soul. He does what? He leads me in the path of what? In the path of what? For what reason? There is something about the leading of the Spirit that you must learn if you will maximize the leading of the Spirit. And it is this. The Spirit of God leads you for himself. Do you hear me? The Spirit of God leads you how? What that means is that the Spirit of God leads you according to his agenda, not your own. Does that make sense? Right. You see, the terminology that David used is that the Lord is my shepherd. And I know we have sermonized around the good shepherd. There are so many sermons titled the good shepherd. I can bet that somewhere in the world today, somebody's preaching on the good shepherd. Today, as I'm talking right now, someone's teaching on it. It's possible. But you must understand something. That the relationship between sheep and shepherd doesn't go both ways. The shepherd leads, the sheep follow. Is that true? And the sheep follow, trusting that the shepherd has their best interest at heart. Do you get what I'm saying? Even when some of those shepherds sell the sheep for salah purposes, the, shep the sheep will follow the shepherd. The sheep will follow the shepherd to the slaughterhouse. Is that true? So the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd is not a negotiating relationship. So the shepherd says, move. The sheep says, why? They say, move. You say, you sound like a cow. Why say, move? You say, why? No. So one thing or the first thing you will learn about divine leading is you are not ready for divine leading until you are ready to be led blindly. You can't have agenda in divine leading. You can't. This seems like a tough pill to swallow, but it's true. You can't have agenda in divine leading. So number one, God does not lead you to make you happy. Did you hear what I said? God doesn't lead you to make you happy. Now, I didn't say God doesn't care if you are happy or not. <laughs> he does. But every parent will know that happiness is not a very good metric by which you measure how well your parenting is going. Is that true? Ah, so when your dad packaged you and shipped you off to boarding school, you cried like a baby. You want to form that you didn't cry. You cried like a baby. You cried well. You felt they hated you. Some of you, when they punished you for crimes you committed, you will say, am I really sure that they are the ones that gave birth to me? You see, they weren't after your happiness. They were after your progress in life. 
Now you grew up and then you are seeing all these arguments on Twitter. Should we beat our children? Should we not beat our children? And you don't want to talk lest they cancel you. But you thank God that they beat that stubborn spirit out of your head. Because if they did not, you would have been terrible. So one thing we must learn is that happiness is not the primary metric by which God measures his relationship with you. That's why I've done it. Are you happy now? You're not happy. I thought it would make you happy. What can I do to make you happy? You know that's what many people think God is like. That God is just waiting on your every beck and call. So what can I do to make you happy? God's leading is not always for the purpose of your happiness. The Bible says that after Jesus was baptized, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Do you read that in your Bible? Do you know who led him? <laughs> now, why did the Spirit drive him in that way? Because if Jesus wasn't led for temptation, if Jesus wasn't led to the place of his testing, how would he come out and say, all power has been given to me when he fell for one or two types of sins? But having been tempted, he was found without sin. How do we know he was found without sin? Well, we, 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 we saw a record of his temptation with the devil. You understand what I'm saying? Ah. It was the same spirit that led him to the cross. There was nothing happy about the cross. It wasn't like as Jesus was going to the cross, he was just smiling at ah. He's going to pay me about devil. You don't know what's coming for you. The man, he was so heavy with the thought of the pain he would face that he said, Father, I know it's not your will, but if, if perchance you changed your mind last night and it's your will, let this cup pass over me because it's too much. God, divine leading does not seek to make you happy. It's a tough pill to swallow, but you must. <laughs> Because if you don't understand this, the dynamics of your relationship with God will always be faulty. You will always be in seasons or there will always be seasons in your life when God will, it will look like God allowed you to be in a season of testing or a season of trying and you are wondering, I'm, I'm not enjoying this season. And number two, divine leading is not for your comfort. So you may not be enjoying the season, but that's the season you need. And a question I would many times ask is, if it has ever so happened to you that you went through a season and while you were in it, you swore that God hated you. But when you came out of it, you were like, thank God, it made me a better person. Raise your hand if you've experienced that before. I know that you read Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I have for you. Thoughts of what? Uh -uh. You know the scripture. Thoughts of what? And not of? To give you what? I hope you know that unexpected air does not necessarily mean it is a happy one. He said it will give you a future and a hope. Nobody told you the state of the future or the hope. And to be more specific, that scripture spoke towards salvation. All right, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think of you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Verse 12. Media team, walk with me. Verse 12. Then you shall do what? And you will do what? You shall go and pray. And I will do what? Verse 13. 
And you will do what? And do what? When you do what? So I know that you know that the thoughts he has for you are thoughts of good and, of, and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. But more specifically, those thoughts will only apply when you search for him with all your heart. So there's something you must learn therefore. That if I'm going to experience the future and the hope, there is a part of me that I have to let go of and bring all of my heart to him and say, take, do with it as you please. That's only when we find God. And I'm not saying that in the sense that God is hiding and he cannot be touched. But I'm saying that in the sense of the only time our relationship with God can be meaningful is when we decide that he is master and we are subject. As long as we keep thinking that we are in a negotiating type arrangement with God, you will never have the best of God. Not because God is hiding it from you, but because you can't access it. Praise the Lord. Listen, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. This is one of the biggest problems um, with what is commonly known as the prosperity gospel. You see, because the true gospel makes everything about Christ. Do you hear what I'm saying? Even as the true gospel shows you what Christ has done for you, the focus will still be where? Come on, will still be where? But what happens with a gospel that tells you God is here for your wealth, health, and best life now is that it makes the focus you. And it's not true. Listen. God is the only being that is big enough to be self-centered. Every other one of us, we are too small to be at the center of our own world or any other person's world. We're too small. And so, when we start thinking the, the divine leading is for my sake, it is for what I want. And we don't realize that he leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. It is for him. When we finally come to heaven, God is not going to say, oh, you've tried, my God, what a race that you ran. God will boast in himself that you made it. That's the boasting of God. God's boasting is not, oh, you tried. No, God's boasting is like, look at you. You came. I did well. And he's permitted to do that because what could you have done? <laughs> so you must realize something. God doesn't lead you for you. He leads you for himself. But we can trust that regardless of what the terrain, the terrain looks like in the middle of the leadership, the end is a result that we will benefit from. And the benefits might not be what you think it is. This is another place where we miss it. So I've heard people say, if it is the leading of God, you will have peace. It's not always true. Do you hear me? It's not always true. It was God's perfect will for Jesus to die. The night before, he still said, Daddy, please don't be angry. We discussed this thing before I came to it. Remind me again. Did you say I should die? So, that's I must die. There's no other way we can do it. He didn't have any peace about it. The man was very scared. 
I know we've, we've um, sermonized that we say he prayed until his sweat was like blood. No, that's not what prayer does. The reason his sweat was like blood is a medical condition. It's extreme fear. Google it. It's extreme fear that caused that. So um, you become so afraid your, your skin pores, is it dilates now? They open up severely and then your blood begins to... So this thing in physics where... Um, Liquids flow from a region of higher concentration to osmosis. Is it osmosis or diffusion? So that's something, that thing, one of those names. So, the, your, your, so it begins to flow through your capillary tubes and it begins to come out of your skin. That's what was happening to Jesus Christ. He wasn't in that he had prayed, he was traveling, he had, and then suddenly he said, what's, what's this on my skin? Is that blood? My God. Write this down, write it down. <laughs> man was scared but it was the divine and perfect will of God so here's something you will quickly learn when you follow God <laughs> that sometimes God's will will lead you to the eye of the storm it is still his will you understand sometimes you'll be in a boat and you will see Jesus walking on water and then you say hey who are you and Jesus says me and then it is his command for you to join him on that water and you have never done it before. You've never heard of anybody doing it before. But you must step out of the boat and do it. Do you hear what I'm saying? So it's not entirely true that if, if it is God's leading, you will feel peace. I mean, your parents have paved the way for your life. You probably have... Uh, your parents have said you are going to go to school in Glasgow. You know, you know, one of the reasons why we know cities abroad is people traveling. Just say, I'm going to University of Cancun. You've never heard of Cancun before. But now you know all about Cancun because your best friend is schooling there. You even know their time zone. Say, by this time in Cancun, it should be 3 a.m. Actually, to be more accurate, 3.12. So your parents have paved the way for you. They've, they've, they've arranged your future. And then you are about to travel and then God says, <laughs> my son, and you know God is very dramatic. He will appear to you. So that you will not doubt. He will appear. Say, my son, look at me. See my face. See my hand. This is where they pierced it. Put your hand inside. Can you feel it? Yeah, yeah. You are going to Joss. <laughs> you're not going to ask your pastor, pastor, how do I know it's God's voice? You're not say, if you feel peace. <laughs> Which peace? <laughs> Cancun to just now. Nah. There's no peace at all. God's leading was not designed primarily to make you comfortable. Some of God's leading might be comfortable for you. It's true. Some of God's leading, God, you are praying, God just start showing you America. I like what I say. Yeah, some of God's leading might be comfortable for you. But here's something. Some of it might not be. That person that you swear the person completes you. God will say the person is depleting you. He is not completing you. Leave, the, leave him alone. Now, it is God's leading and it's not comfortable. You know that you are mature when your response in both the comfortable leading and the uncomfortable one is yes, sir. What you say I should do, I will do it. It may be hard, but I will drag my Isaac to the altar and leave him there. 
It's the purpose of leading we're talking about. Leading is not here to stroke your ego. God is not leading you to make you feel good. To make you feel good about your future. <laughs> That's another one we don't know. Most times you say, give word in church. The Lord is telling me your future is bright. I hear you. Joseph's future was also bright. He was to become prime minister. Is that correct? But he was going to go through the jail to get to the throne. Is that true? Ah, so he would have come to church. He would have heard the word. Brother Joseph, I just saw something right now. My God. If you see what I saw about you. I saw you in Egypt. One large throne. You were prime minister. Write it down. And so, Brother Joseph will write it down. The next morning, they will sell him to slavery. So, that Brother Joseph is thinking to himself, that, ah. and you know, it's worse when the leading comes when you didn't ask for it. You were on your own. Just believing God for urgent 2K. I'm not looking for much. I'm not looking for much, God. I just, just give me literally daily bread. The one I will eat today. Tomorrow morning, we'll start another. we go again. Then somebody now comes, God is saying, your future is so bright, you will lend to nations you are. Say, let's, let me not raise my hopes too much. You know, we do that thing with the leading of God. Let me not raise my hopes too much. You keep quiet. You go for another meeting. Say, you, stand up. I'm seeing something. I'm seeing glory on your life. You will lend to nations. It's like it's true. Something is happening. It's like God is doing... The heavenly workings occurring. Eh? Four other people will confirm the word. Then, the moment you now say, I believe, I receive. You will now enter a season of sakpa that you've never felt. It, it's true. Listen, it's true. This is many of your, this is what, many of your stories are like this. Because what many people don't realize is... <laughs> God will show Jesus Christ the entire world. But he must be wise enough to know that the journey from incarnation to resurrection will require death. Do you hear what I'm saying? So when they are coming to you with all the glorious prophecies and the leadings of the Spirit, realize that there might be parts of that leading that will require sacrifice. God is not leading you to make you happy. One of the worst things that I've observed about our generation is people who are half-baked and they, they present themselves to the world. Many people jump the gun. The Lord told you, you're going to run a ministry, you're going to do this, 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 okay? You didn't ask him when. You just say, yes, sir. Change your bio immediately. Lead minister, apostolos. Is good, we know. But would you calm down and walk with the leading of God? Listen, so many times, what God does is that he will call you out in the cool of the night and show you the sand of the sea and the stars in the heaven and say, as many as these are, that's how many your descendants will be. And that's the final destination. What you won't realize is that between you and that final destination is a lot of inst smaller instructions that you may need to obey. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
So he leads us for his name's sake. This is, this is the mindset that sponsors a scripture like count it all joy when you face diverse trials and temptations. That's because you know that when the trying has done its, it, will, it will make a mature man out of you. That's James chapter 1, right? It will make a mature man out of you. The problem is that we too quickly lose our trust in God. And we lose our trust in God because we thought from the beginning that God was leading us for our sake. We didn't realize that he was working his own good and perfect will in and through us. And sometimes his own good and perfect will for your life does not remotely resemble your own good and perfect will for your life. Because your own good and perfect will for your life is with all due respect trash. Praise the Lord. Listen. There is a key requirement to following God and it is the death to self. The ability to let go, to just say, you know what, God, I have my ambitions and it'd be nice if these things happen, but your will, Lord, your will. It'd be nice if I got an admission into these schools, but your will, Lord, your will. We must have that mindset. Your will, Lord, your will. God is not leading you for you. And guess what? He's not leading you for you because he cares about you. Listen, I use this example so many times. As a parent, if you give your children everything they ask you for, do you know that that will make you a good parent? It will make you a terrible parent. Have you seen children before? You carry the child. There's this um, um, video online of a guy, a man that was passing through a toy, um, in front of a toy store. As soon as he got to the wall of the toy store, he closed his daughter's eye, picked her up, and ran across. Have you seen that video before? Many of us are like that. Many of us are like that. We get easily distracted by other people's achievements. So we are living in this very huge toy candy store, and whatever we see that looks good, we want it, regardless of whether it's good for us or not. It's true. It's true. I was talking with a couple of people yesterday and one of them was telling me, I'm only 22 and I found myself asking myself that there are things that I should have achieved at this point. And I'm like, uh -uh. at how old? 22 years. Sister, you just started life. You just started. The truth is that many of you are in that boat right now. You're in that boat right now. You heard that Sister Kechi on Twitter traveled to Cancun for her last birthday and you're asking God whether you are smelling. Imagine if God answers that, actually, my, you need to bath. <laughs> so why don't you calm down? Listen, there's something you must learn. I would rather choose the right way that is God's way than choose what looks like the right way. You see, because if it looks like the right way, it's possibly not the right way. Is that correct? And so, I would have walked on this way that I thought was the correct thing for me to do for months and years and then I will get to the end of the road and realize it's a dead end. There's nothing there for me. Nothing there for me. There has to be a predisposition that we have towards the will of God 
It's the same thing that sponsors, the same wrong mindset that sponsors prayers like, Father, this business I'm doing, bless it, bless it. Now, before you started the business, you never prayed. Is this what you want me to do? And so, learn this. Instead of you to pray to God to bless what you are doing, go and do what God is blessing. Listen, what I'm teaching you is the secret of divine favor. Do you hear what I'm saying? Is the secret of divine favor. Divine favor is not arbitrary. It doesn't just meet people on the road. Say, ah, Sandra, what's your name, sir? Have I met you before? Take favor. That's not the way it works. God's resources go in the direction of God's plan. That's common sense, right? That's common sense, right? God's resources go in the direction of God's plan. And so, many times, your struggles are indicative. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes they're indicative of a lack of following God's plan. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes you start this one, you push, 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 it does not work. You drop it. You start this one, push, 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 it does not work. When will you drop all those things? No. And ask God what he wants for you. When? When? The purpose of divine leadership is not you. It's God. He's not leading you according to your blueprints for your life. He's leading you according to his blueprints for your life. And there's something else we must learn. God's blueprints may not be as glamorous as your own is. But it's the perfect one for you. So God is not looking for glamour in your life. I think we need to do away with Systems of thinking like that in the body of Christ. They look at me now. Because the next time you see me, you will need to sign to access this in life. It's not true. The next time I see you, you will be, I will still be able to talk to you. Don't you want me? It's not necessary that eh, ah, we, we say things like that in church, and God is just wanting who told you people these things. And so without knowing it, the devil has desensitized us to the true meaning of purpose. So you have a pastor. He pastors a church of 10, 15 people. And he begins to feel less than a pastor that pastors a church of 10,000 people. Because he thinks that in God's blueprints, 10,000 is more than 10. What you don't realize is that God said, who, he who is faithful in little is faithful in much. Not that he will be. He is. So before God, little is much. The seed is the tree. I hear what I'm saying. So the 10 people you pastor is as glamorous as the 10,000 the other one pastors. Listen, that's the way God thinks. So here you are comparing your car to somebody else's car and God is saying, you have a car. You're comfortable. You can get from point A to point B. Do it. Maybe Maybe we need to let go. We need to let go of our own ideas. And just say, God, you know what? I, I'm not after the glamour anymore. I don't want to look like I have money. I don't want to look like I've arrived in life. Just do with me as you please. There is a joy that comes from knowing that you are at the center of God's plan for your life. It may not be where others are. Others may look like they are doing better than you. But if you are at the center of God's plan and you know it, it's enough. Because see, I would rather 
be at the center of God's plan. And a lot of people don't think it is enough. That for me to be doing my own, I'll be doing my own. And I think I've done so much and then I'll get to heaven and it's real, I'll realize I did nothing at all. Live in light of eternity. Many of our divine leading related questions are asked with the backdrop of but I want this other one. That's, that's the thing. Many of our divine leading related questions that I pray to God for this and I'm, I'm trusting God for something and I just want to hear what God's will. You don't, you're, you're not looking for God's will. You're looking for God's permission to do what you want to do. And I've often said, sometimes, sometimes God will resist your own will. He will fight it. The problem is when he stops. The problem is the day he decides, I will not wrestle with you anymore. And so, many of us think we got away with it. We, we persuaded God into getting it done. But what you didn't realize that was that God just stopped talking. It's in the nature of God. This is something you need to learn. Across scripture, this is the way God is. He will send the preacher for 120 years. The man will preach every day, morning and night. It is God, God is about to destroy the world. And after a while, God will say, stop preaching. Close the ark. Let's do what we're meant to do. He will send Moses with 10 plagues and he will try to persuade you to let his people go. And you won't. And then one day God will just stop. And the next thing is destruction. Do you hear what I'm saying? Ah, it's in his nature to behave like that. So sometimes, when you think you've had your way, God has stopped arguing with you. He has stopped. And it's not a very nice place to be. It's not a very nice place to be. It's not a very nice place to be. Because, see, He is God. As much as He loves us, He's still God. Do you understand? Don't, don't, for lack let me, let me say it in a way that you don't see him finish. He's still God in your life. So one day he will choose to ride triumphantly into Jerusalem. And if you gather all the Pharisees and say, come down from that house. They'll say, if you don't praise me, I will remove you from the scene. And I will raise stones in your place to do so. Many people have, I don't want to say destinies, but many people have missions that the Lord assigned them that they dropped in pursuit of glamour and God carried that mission and gave someone else. That's the way he is. Do you hear what I'm saying? If Silas won't do the work, Barnabas will. That's the way he is. Do you hear what I'm saying? So instead of always looking to have your own way instead of always seeking to do it your way and instead of always saying God I know this is what you want for me but how about I consider this just hear me out consider this other one and God will say I've heard you no the pastor how do I apply my faith faith many times at its most most primal form is submission it is your will be done. I wish, I wish many of us were taught this from uh, like very early in life. 
things might be a lot better. Your relationship with God will be a lot better. Because now you would realize that God is not, I'm not in a relationship with God for him to satisfy and stroke my ego. Which is what a lot of people think it's for. So we lose sight of what God's blessings are for. We lose sight of the fact that God gave us the job for his sake. Do you hear what I'm saying? Many people do. That's why we always have arguments on Twitter about money. <laughs> That's the exact reason why. When you begin to realize that this money I was given, I wasn't given it just for my pleasure. Yeah, God wants me to have good things, but it wasn't entirely for my pleasure. God's resources are in the direction of his plan. And so if he put this money in my hand, he put it for his gospel's sake. He put it for his plan's sake. Listen, he said about Abraham, he said, will I hide this thing that I want to do from Abraham? He says, I know that when I tell him, he will instruct his family according to my ways. Which means that God doesn't just choose to divulge information to whoever. He speaks to people who will do something with it. Nobody likes to talk to someone who is not listening. You hear what I'm saying? So, when you begin to realize that the, the, the point of divine leading is not for my own satisfaction, for my own immediate satisfaction, but rather for God's immediate satisfaction, you would, you would know, you will be led better. You will be led better. Because this is a problem in the body of Christ. This is a problem in the body of Christ. Many of our divine leading related inquiries are not really divinely. We give God options. We say, there are these two things I want to do. Which one do you want me to do? And we don't create the possibility that it could be neither of the two. Say, God, so should I do masters in covenant or should I do masters in Yale? Which one should I do? Father, reveal your will to me. And God says, delay your masters for three years. Every spirit of stagnation and delay I come against you. And then God is like, am I a joke to this person? Or you don't think God can say that? Then you don't know God. Do. You don't know God. You don't know God. And if what I'm saying offends you, it's indicative of the problem. Because it's offending you because you want to have your way. We come out and we say, I trust you, Lord. But when it comes to time to trust him, we'll... just God, you know now, you know how we do our things. The sheep does not negotiate with the shepherd. It doesn't. Do you hear what I'm saying? It doesn't. When you see sheep following the shepherd, there can be thousands of sheep following one shepherd. And as they are going, the entire thing is the sheep just trust that wherever the shepherd will lead them to, will be the right place. The shepherd won't decide that, okay, we are going to this particular town. And the sheep would say, you know what, I've heard that the grass is greener on the other side. So can we go that way? The shepherd says, go, let's go this way. He says, Consider what I'm saying. I've seen people get into arguments. They say, why is God not considering me? What? <laughs> Do you know what you are saying? 
I'm not saying it is out of place for you to say, God, this is what I want. But once his own will in that matter has been revealed, shelve your own. That's how to follow God. Do you hear me? When you don't know his will, you say, ah, good morning, sir. This is what I want. That's how to pray. I'm praying about this. I'm praying about this. Now, when you realize that divine leading is not to stroke your own ego, it's not to satisfy you but him, there's a way your prayers will now be structured. It's more open-ended now. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's more open-ended. It's no longer, give me this. It's now, this is what I want. But I'm open to whatever you want. You see, it's therefore easier to be led by God in situations like that. The problem is not that God doesn't speak. The problem is that our eyes... You know, remember when I say focus creates blindness? This is a classic example. You are so focused on what you want that you don't hear when he's speaking. You hear what I'm saying? You don't see the handwriting on the wall no matter how big it is. You're just focused on this is what I want. God is writing there. You're just... God, give me this. And the God is writing, I don't want to give me this. I don't want to give me this. Let there be a general change of heart today. I know with, with respect to marriage, you've been praying, God, this is the type of man I want. Okay, I know you've prayed that prayer. How about we stop for a minute and say, God, show me what you want me to do. Just show me the direction you will need me to go in. With respect to your career, God, I, I, I want to be a tech bro. Because I've heard that tech money is blood money, but God is calling you to bank. All the job interviews you've gotten, all the job offers, they're from UBA. You must work inside this bank. You say, no, God. It must be tech or nothing. Tech or nothing. I'm believing God for a well-paying job. And then you don't realize that God determines what is well-paying, not you. Because <laughs> here one thing now, hear it well. You are one emergency from being broke home. One. That's your well-paying job. You are one emergency from being broke better know it now so you you went for the job it's a well-paying job and you've got into the job and then god is saying this is not where i want you to be and then you are there and when time comes the relationships that you would have formulated and built in the other place that would have helped you in that season you never built them so now you have money but you don't have human capital and so you will quickly burn through money because that's the way money works and then you realize it's not really money I need, it's human capital. But you won't even know. Do you know what is dangerous about divine leading? You won't know <laughs> what you missed by disobeying. You will never know. So you'll be in a season wondering why God is not listening to you. You will not know that. It's not that God is not listening. It's that you are missing necessary tools that you would have picked up if you just went the way he asked you to go before. You just never know. That's, that's one dangerous thing about missing divine leading. You just never know what you missed. Say it's not about me. Ah, I don't hear you. Say it's not about me. Say my life is about Jesus. Say God will direct me as he pleases. 
there was a psalm that Moses wrote. He said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you have created all things for your pleasure. They are and were created. Was it Moses or is it in the book of Revelations? It's in the book of Revelations. He says, They are and were created. He created all things for his pleasure, including you. Including you. The good thing is that we can trust that his pleasure is not sick. He is good. Do you understand? He is good. So even when he is leading us in a way that we don't immediately like, even when he asks us to come out of the boat and join him on the water, it, it may not look good, but we can trust one thing, that even when we are on that water, if we ever start to sink, the next minute he's there helping us out. Listen, in life there are two ways to lead people. It's either I draw you a full map and I say, this is the map to my house, go to my house. I put my address in a GPS and you follow the instructions of the GPS. Is that correct? If I draw you the full map, you may still miss the way. But if the GPS says turn left, you turn left. If it says turn right, you turn right. And then you are turning left and right with the mind that in the end of all this turning around that I'm doing, I will end at my destination. If we can trust something as little and unreliable as GPS, why can't we trust God? Why? Why can't we trust that those little instructions will get us to where he needs us to be? Why can't we trust him? So you will learn that if I'm going to because we can start telling you how to hear God's voice. Um, how to hear God's voice, 101. His voice is deep. And he speaks in A-flat. Hit A-flat for me, please. That's his note. If it's anything else, that's not God. His voice is deep and it must be A-flat. Do you hear what I'm saying? God's voice, 101. Number two, when God is speaking, he used to do woogloo, woogloo. <laughs> There's reverb on his voice. Ah, yes, that's it. I mean, when you watch movies, when God was in my son, ah, that's God. One of my favorite portrayals of God is this movie. I think it's, it's called, is it called Moses? The story of, it was a modern day um, reimagining of the book of Exodus. It was acted, the, the role, Moses' role was played by Christian Bale. Who knows me I'm talking about? Exodus, yes. I like how they portray God as a small child. I love it. He shocked many people. Okay, so it feels blasphemous to you. Why? Have you seen God before? Have you seen him before? So how do you know that he can't come as a small child or as a woman? How do you know? Answer me now. The voice must be deep. Before you know it's God. Listen, listen and listen carefully. Before we start learning how to hear God's voice, can we all agree that when we do eventually hear God's voice, we'll submit to it? Because there's no point figuring the voice out if you won't do anything with it. 
That's the reason why this one is the first teaching in the series. There's no point, none at all, figuring out that, oh, this is God speaking to me. If you won't do anything with what you've heard, you finally identify this is God speaking to me. and say, hmm, I know it's God, but can we talk? Can we talk? How about we change these things that you've said because I don't like them. Praise the Lord. Say, Father, I submit myself to your will for my life. Say, Father, I submit myself to your will for my life. One more time, say, Father, I submit myself to your will for my life. I realize that I'm not at the center of my own life. You are the center of my life. You will call the shots. Where you say I should go, I will go. What you say I should do, I will do. I submit myself to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One last portion of scripture. Jesus was speaking to Peter. And this was primarily about ministry. But it applies. He said, when you were a child... You will wake up and dress up and go where you want. He says, but when you are older, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will lead you. It takes maturity to submit to divine leading. It is childish to do what you want all the time. Did you hear what I said? It is childish to do what you want all the time. I know that, you know, we, there's so much the body of Christ needs to unlearn. Because we belong to a body that takes pride in getting God to do what they want. You know what's funny? You must always realize something. That it's not every seeming answered prayer that was answered by God. Learn that one and learn it well now. The devil is smart. He doesn't always come looking like a man, black man, red cloth with horns. That's not... Mm -mm. The Bible says that the devil will be disguised as an angel of light. So black man, white cloth with halo on his head. That's sometimes that's what he looks like. And so, the devil will not always come in your life with oppositions. Sometimes it is the work of the devil that the path that you've been looking to take in opposition to God's instruction suddenly becomes easier. But we've been taught that if it is easy, it is God. See, I, I applied for the visa, visa that everybody has been struggling to get. As I applied, I got it. I said, My God, His grace. Before I talked, one, two, three, school fees was ready. One, two, three, plane, plane ticket was ready. And the devil is just clapping. Bravo. Keep going. Is there another thing you need? What do you need? One, two, three is ready. Before you say, what? You, are in, you are in the abroad. You are happy. Say, this is God's plan. But when you were praying and you were telling God, God was saying, I don't want you to go there. And you were just, you, you didn't tell anybody because... You knew that if you call Sister Nkechi and say, Sister Nkechi, I'm praying. And it's like, I'm hearing Sister Nkechi say, it's good. Now that you have said it. Because I was looking for how to bring it up. But now that you have brought it up, 
I had a dream about you. But you would just say, then you now start asking, but if it was God's plan for me not to, how come it was so easy? But, well, the devil, <laughs> he works in mysterious ways too. He does. We are not ignorant of his devices. We know what he does. We know how he works. That's why we don't judge the plans of God by earthly standards. Say, if I feel peace, it must be God. If it's easy, it must be God. The devil knows if, if it's those things. Those things are emotional. They can easily be manipulated. They can easily be manipulated. I want to ask a question, but many of you want to form holier than thou. But if you will be honest... There are seasons in your life when your devotion was crashing. I mean, your devotion used to be at 100%. Now it's minus 10. You are owing. You are owing God devotion. You are owing favor. You don't have it again. There's nothing. We tell you to pray in church. You're just looking at us. Don't be angry. I'm trying. I promise, but it's not working. And if you will be honest, sometimes in those seasons, the things that will aid your temptation, they're just around you. It's as if you just turn, it's the uh-uh. Somebody you have been talking to since that did not grieve for you. Just suddenly, like, hi, big head. <laughs> Say, it's God's plan for my life. You have light. <laughs> you have light. <laughs> Is it true or not? So we cannot measure the accuracy of God's leading by saying it was easy. It came easily. Therefore, it must be God. There's another one I've heard. If it is good, it is God. It's not true. Because sometimes our definition of good is very subjective. Do you hear me? It's very subjective. If it is good, it is God. Nah, not always true. Praise the Lord. So, in fact, let me teach you something. If you are in a straight betwixt two, as Bible language, you are confused between options, and you get to praying about the one that your heart really wants, and you feel any nudge that you shouldn't go in that direction, try and delay the decision for a bit and pray a little more. You hear what I'm saying? Pray a little more. The problem is that many of us, do you know that if we treated the negative as the red lights, the way we treat the green lights, we will make better decisions. The red lights will be blinking. Pa, pa, pa. It has been blinking for three days. Straight. You ignored it. Then it's almost as if it just flashed green for like two seconds. One does it. I saw green. Did you see green? You saw green. We all saw green. It's green. Let's go. If we were as cautious about the green light as we are about the red light, we'll make better decisions. Do you hear what I'm saying? If, if you, you get a green light, God is asking me to travel abroad, and then you, just, you don't just get up and start flying, I'm, I'm traveling abroad. You say, I'm going to take time to pray, to make sure this is exactly where God will have me be. So I know God has said I should travel, but let me pray. You see those friends that ask you, are you sure? Appreciate them. And when they ask you, are you sure? Don't be quick to label them hater. I've been new. You don't have my progress at heart. Because what, 
why is it that every time I tell you something good, you ask me if I'm sure? When they ask you, are you sure? You say, well, I think I am. Well, let me spend a little bit more time praying about it. That's how to follow God. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, and you know what's funny? When you follow God this way, your heartbreaks will be less. Not because you enter less situations that have, but so you want this job, you've been, pray- and then in the prayer place, God told you that you are not going to get it. You look at the job, you say, God, please. You say, you're not going to take it. You say, okay, no problem. Your will, not my will. They now serve you the rejection letter. And they're telling you, we, we regret to announce to you. No, don't regret. Don't worry. I already knew. I knew before you said they regretted. It's fine. It's true. It's true. Sometimes the rejections hit you so hard because prayer didn't prepare you for it. When God was telling you the prayer place, you are turning your eyes, red light. Then you now got to church. Ah, God. Christians, God will help us. You are praying in the prayer place. God is, you, you want this job. God, I want to work with Jatalakus and Co. God, I want to work with Jatalakus and Co. And then God says, I don't want you to work there. Now, because those people are prestigious, they may probably have a name. You say, I want to work there. I don't want it. Then you now come to church and somebody now gives you a word that God is telling me that you're going to get a job soon. You say, that's it. It's Jatalakus. No, but uh, it could be Sister Keche and Sons that he was talking about. Right? Must it be this one that Praise the Lord. What I'm saying might be a tough pill to swallow, but you must swallow it. If you are going to learn to follow God, if you are going to learn to listen and obey God's leading, ah, you must swallow this pill. You have to. You must come to that point in your life when you realize mm, it's not about me. This generation, eh? Yesterday, I was talking to, I think it was Betty and Antokbe. We were talking about this generation. The way we think everything is about us, eh? Somebody will come and say something online. You know, it's one of the things I find most intriguing. I will come and tweet something. Uh, I will tweet something. Somebody will now come and say, now I know that you are a true man of God. Okay, I was not trying to prove to you that I'm a true man. It's not about you. I was tweeting for people to be blessed. Were you blessed? Collect your blessing and go. You have proven to me. It's the way we think. And everything reinforces that mindset. And we must break out of it. Everything reinforces that mindset. I'll say something. I will not believe you until... I will not, I'm not answering you. Why do you think I need your validation? Like, why do you think you matter that much? I know self-esteem is good. I know there's something called a healthy sense of self-esteem. But do you know that a healthy sense of self-esteem tells you, I matter a lot to XYZ people. To the rest, I don't. And that's fine. I must not matter to everybody. Everything must not be about me. Learn it now and you will learn peace. That's why you're always agitated. When you, when you tweet something and somebody does not agree with you online, you feel the need to fight. How can you say I'm wrong? You are wrong now. 
Are you not wrong? You are wrong. <laughs> if you are not wrong, hold your peace. Keep quiet. If somebody who matters comes to say, I think you, eh, hey, with you I can have a conversation. But they're arguing everywhere. Everybody is seeing, oh, you're always fighting, always, always arguing, always proving yourself. Everywhere, you must be right. <laughs> it sounds weird. But you will help your self-esteem when you learn how to look at what people say about you. So it doesn't matter. It's true. You are not the center of your own world. You are not, everything is not about you. Don't carry that lifestyle into your relationship with God. Say, God, I want to travel. God said no. He said, how can you tell me no? But it's true. Everything is not about you. Seriously, it's not. It's not. Learn it. Learn it. Learn it. Consciously now, not just in your relationship with God. I want to take time. I want to take some time, a few seconds, to talk about this. Not just in your relationship, in life generally. Everything is not about you. If somebody says something and you suddenly start getting triggered, you like, ah, stop for one. We, we need to create that skill of stopping in the middle of your vex and asking yourself, why do the heathen rage? Like, why? Why are you angry? Did this person talk to you? Did you say anything? Do you know this is the problem? You will tweet something on your own self, by yourself. The person you were tweeting at didn't take offense. How can you talk like that? How dare? Okay, I was not talking to you. Everything is not about you. And this is a byproduct, or this is a very terrible byproduct of that mindset. We consistently seek other people's validation. We consistently, so you, you put out something, see, I was telling someone something, I tweeted it during the week. If you, if you want to do ministry in life, eh, and you want to succeed in ministry, you must learn to not care about people's validation. You must learn to not care about it. I'm telling you now. Not just ministry. If you are going to be successful in life, you must learn that only a few people should have the power to influence the way I feel about what I'm doing. Only a few people. I will count those people and I will give that power to them. And I will reserve the right to collect it when I need to. If you, if you will be successful in life, you must be that way. It's true. If everybody passing, everything they say affects you, you can't be successful. It's not possible. If you are repeatedly seeking validation, you can't be. So God told you, eh, start, a, start doing videos. You posted the first three videos, first four videos. Ten people said, I was blessed. One person said, I don't agree. You now say, maybe I should stop for a while and make sure I have all my facts. Ten people said they were blessed. One person did not agree. Why is it that one person's... Many of you know what I'm saying. This is your story. This is many of you, your story. You write an article. You finish reading the article. When you were done, you say, ah, my my God, I'm good. You post it. What a blessing. This is cool. This is lovely. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. How can you say that? You say, Jesus Christ, what did I say now? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be open to constructive criticism. You should. But know how to take it. Like, know when to say, I hear what you are saying, but it doesn't matter. It's true. Do you hear me? 
it will help you in this life, especially in this generation. It will help you. It's because of the need for validation. We feel the need to post all our life online. So that people say that I'm not a mechanic, I'm a baller. So you feel the need to post all of that online. You feel the need to consistently seek for validation. Stop it. It will help you. The next time that they, you go to a restaurant and your first instinct is to whip out your phone, lift it up above the plate and take, as you're just doing, just stop and say, why? Why exactly am I doing, October dump. Why? Why exactly am I doing this? Honestly, the thing is this. We don't, we don't see how our general predisposition towards life affects our relationship with God. But when you live a life that makes you feel like everything is about you, you will carry that mindset into the place of prayer. You will carry that mindset into God, your relationship with God. And, and so, it's the, it's the reason why a lot of people in our generation can't do Christianity. Because one of the key things Christianity demands of you is death to self. Remove the focus from you. It's not about you. Your money is not just yours. Your time is not just yours. We're not looking for your validation. You should be able to be corrected by the saints. You, should, you can do something wrong and somebody else will tell you you are wrong. And as a Christian, you should listen and say, maybe I was wrong. And then actually take correction. It's no longer about you. It's about you in the body of Christ. But the culture, the prevalent culture of the time doesn't sponsor that kind of thought. And so when everything is about you, when it's always about validation, when it's always about likes and loves and retweets and all of that, you will find out that you begin to slowly dislike the Christian culture because it's not what you like. It's true. The dilemma of the pastor is that I have four hours with you out of 168 hours every week. Now if you sleep, I think six hours every day. You sleep somewhere in the region of how many hours in a month? Let's say you sleep nine hours every day. You are, you are hungry. Or you sleep ten hours every day. You sleep 70 hours in a week. If I've taken out four, you've slept 70. You have about 94 hours left in the week. 94 hours that are controlled by social media. Um, people in the office, people on the road, people on the streets, TV, music, media, all of that. You must be careful how you interact with all those things because, you see, the four hours that I have with you on Sunday morning is not enough. So You must be careful about those things. That's why, whenever I teach on these topics, I try to let them spill into your everyday life. Because those things matter a whole lot more. All I'm saying is a springboard. You are still, it's your everyday life that will now play it out fully. So you live here today. You live here to, and then you go home and um, you, you are scrolling through Instagram. Now, I get it when we say God when and we say it jokingly. But sometimes we're jokingly serious. So the next time you are scrolling and you want to say God when, ask yourself, why? Do you understand what I'm saying? Stop doing things mindlessly. Ask yourself, why? There was a man, his name is John Locke. He said the mind is in a state of tabula rasa. What that means is that the mind is in a clean slate. And as you go through life, you write on your mind. All those little activities, they influence your mind in so little ways. And so many times when you've gotten to this point where you are overwhelmed and they ask you, what exactly is overwhelming you? You will agree with me that you can't put your finger on what it is. 
Because there's no one thing. It's a collection of all the God wins and God am I smelling across many months. It just gathered together and overwhelmed you. So next time, ask yourself, it will affect the way God leads you significantly. It will affect the way God leads you. You ask yourself why, and then the next question is who? Who are you? Like, who am I supposed to answer to? When, oh, my time is fast spent. When they called um, Paul, um, Peter and James after they healed the man at the beautiful gate and they said they shouldn't preach again, that they are creating problems, they said, answer us this question. Should we listen to you or should we listen to the God of the heavens? Tell us. You are Pharisees now. Or your answer, you or God, who should we listen to? You must have, you must have priorities like that. Things that as long as God has asked me to do it and I'm not violating the word of God, I'm not violating the principles of God. Ah, I don't know how to say this thing very well, but it's, it sounds like yala yeah, anybody. I don't care. I'm telling you the truth. See, I learned this thing first time from Bishop Oyedepo and I thought, when I was learning it, I thought, ah, the man is very proud. But as I grew in ministry, I realized, ah, you need it to... You need it. If you are going to succeed in this life, you must have that. Mm, God said it. I'm going to do it. Say, but mm, I don't care. God said I'm going to do it. This thing I'm doing is the right thing to do. I've talked to those that matter. Pay, pay attention to me. Always saying there are people who should matter. You should have mentors. You should have friends. Don't be like all those people that just go on Nigerian idols and sing nonsense. Like you don't have friends that that auditioned you at home. You should have mentors, you should have friends, people you talk to to verify whether what you're doing is right or not. People whose opinion should matter. Or once those people give you a green light, you've prayed and there's a green light, ah, all of you should shout. If you shout too much, I mute the tweet. Mute it. I don't see what you are saying again. I don't. It's true. We keep crying mental health, mental health, but this is the solution. Praise the Lord. Say, I choose God's way. Say, I choose God's way. Say this, comfort is not necessarily a mark of God's leading in my life. So I will obey God's leading when it is comfortable and when it is not. I will obey God's leading in green pastures, beside still waters, and in the valley of the shadow of death. I will obey God's leading in good times and bad times. I will always obey God's leading. I choose to realize that I am not at the center of my life. God is at the center of my life. I trust God blindly to lead me to his purpose. Amen. Amen. Were you blessed this morning? Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.